Hey, I'm Andrew, and I'm joined by Anthony Llewellyn, who is uh, the chair of the SA Med Accreditation Committee, but a long-standing interest in medical education and psychiatrist by training. We're here at Pre-Vocational Conference 2023, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the great things that we've heard and why we keep coming back to this conference, so follow along for that. So, Anthony, you've done, I think we worked out... Eight, about eight, yeah, About eight conferences. Yeah, yeah. I've done about four. Yeah. Um, you've even organised one of these back in Hunter Valley. Hunter Valley 2014, I think it was. My yeah. first pre-voc conference <laughs> as an intern. Why yeah. do you keep coming back as a medical educator? Uh, I think the main reason for me to keep coming to these conferences, Andrew, is, is the networking. Mm. There's a scientific program, there are workshops, and they're all good, and you can learn from those things. But it's also like... That just unique opportunity to catch up with all the other people in the various states, territories, New Zealand that are doing like work to what I'm doing. So I've just taken on the role of chair of accreditation for SAMET. So I've managed to catch up with my equivalents in all the other jurisdictions and find out where they're up to. So yeah, so that that's really vital for me. Yeah, I always think I don't know what I'm going to hear, but at least I know I'm going to meet some people and get some ideas. Absolutely, yeah. And I think particularly with medical education accreditation stuff there's often a lot of people working in small teams or even if you're regional remote often in isolation or just in pairs yeah and you can feel like you're fighting the good fight but reasonably yeah. unsupported alone and then to come together and go wow we're all facing similar challenges and actually here's some ideas of solutions that we've worked out here that might be applicable there i love that yeah, um, yeah. and it's such an openness especially um, for me because i'm a, those people who know me i'm a super collaborator almost to the point of being annoying <laughs> And so I like to sort of go up to people and say, look, we're doing this, what are you doing? Can we work together on this? Yeah. I think at the moment there's a really good opportunity with the national framework to actually do things across states and territories like have the same training for surveyor teams because mm -hmm. we're now going to be accrediting the same standards, so why not? Yeah. So, yeah, so that's been a great opportunity for me, this conference. Yeah. Well, let's talk about our top three takeaways. What's, what's number one on your list? I think we've both got... One that's the same on our list, which is yep. AI. Uh, unsurprisingly, there's been a strong focus on that. We just had the new, like last week, I think the, the new stuff around chat GPTs came out and that was very topical. And so I guess for me, AI and health and medical education is inevitable. Mm. We need to understand that there are risks involved, particularly around privacy and consent and things like that. And I think we have to, as medical educators, we have to actually start to become comfortable with these tools because they they can help. For example, the, the best example was given was around assessment. You know, you can use you can use ChatGPT now to grade things and assess things and take some of that mundane workload off your hands. So yeah. you know I, I could see us potentially putting survey report data through ChatGPT to get some themes out of it and, mm. and assist us in some of our work and yeah, so that, that would be number one. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. And yeah. I really loved Alex Jenkins, who's from WA, and Josh Kapoor, who I know a little bit from Adelaide, their talks about just kind of finding the place now and in the future of AI. And, and I caught up with them separately, so you can check yeah. out that video soon. But the big takeaway was like, don't fear it. It's coming. It's not going to replace doctors. It's just going to actually aid and replace some of the work that we do that we're actually not as well suited to as a machine mm. so that we can focus on the human element mm. uh, much more. And, and for me, that was quite inspiring and a little bit reassuring. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What's number two on your list, Anthony? This thing actually happened in the last session of the, the final day. Fresh in vogue. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, Steve Adelson was present from the medical board was presenting um, some data from the National Medical Training Survey. And two takeaway messages. The interesting thing for me is that apparently managers are no longer nearly as bad bullies as all the other 
other people in the system. The job managers. <laughs> uh, Progress. So that's good. But the interesting thing was a comment from the audience about the tone of voice, getting back to that human thing mm. and, and how you know, doctors are responded to by APRA and the medical ward. And, and he, he took this on board and apparently the medical ward are looking at their kind of human responses so that hopefully in the future when you get a letter from the medical board, there's some nice stuff in it, not... <laughs> Not that kind of, we are the regulator. But I think for me that brings another reason for me to come to the conferences is to get that accountability. So the medical board attends, the Australian Medical Council attends, all the PMCs attend, their peak body, the CPMEC is here. So there's an ability for the voices involved in pre-vocational training, the trainee doctors, the medical educators, the MEOs, the managers, etc., to get some accountability or and to feed back into the system. So that was, that's probably the, the other highlight. Yeah, what about you, Andrew? Uh, number two on my list would be the two-year framework that's coming in for interns mm-hmm. and PGY2s. Great to hear. I mean, probably the first meeting was the Directors of Clinical Training, an equivalent meeting that I attended on behalf of my boss. Thanks, boss. It was great to hear that we're all struggling with similar challenges. We're all short-staffed. We're all got increasing dependence on IMGs, and we need to value them and support them in the right way that they deserve. Mm-hmm. And we're all faced with the challenge of this new framework, but also opportunity that it presents to bring about some new improvements and and hopefully higher standards of supervision and assessment. There was a great workshop on entrustable professional activities and the assessment that's coming with that by uh, Nick, who's actually one of the people that has led the production of this uh, new assessment. Uh, I've got a view with him separately as well. But also to hear from the DCTs that different states are choosing to roll out the two-year framework in the slightly different timelines, in slightly different focus, but a lot of emphasis on let's share, let's share resources about supervisor training and EPA training um, and framework and documents. I really love that even some of the best resourced areas like the current medical director of HETI in New South Wales, who we know is really well resourced compared to other states, was like, it's on us who are more resource rich to share and support those around the country that are not as well resourced. I love that, so thank you for that, John. And what was number three for you? Number three for me is the ever-increasing quality of the JMO presentations Mm, at the the conference. We tried to get this going in 2014 when I was hosting, and it was starting to happen, but every year the the types of projects and research that they're Mm -hmm. presenting is becoming more rigorous and, and, and useful and relevant and demonstrating outcomes and they're really thinking about how to implement good medical education in their local lots hospital ideas, networks, etc. Yeah. But the sting in the tail of that for me is that there is still a lot of recycling of ideas. Yes, yeah. And this is because true. often the trainee doctors who come to these forums only come for maybe one, two, possibly three years and then you know naturally they often especially training get a little bit distracted so I think yeah. the challenge for the forum is and maybe this is a broader discussion around medical education in Australia but how do we capture some of them because we saw again from the National Medical Training Survey data I think was it like 49% or even more we might put the exact figure down in the video mm. of trainees who were surveyed saw a career in medical education for themselves mm. and training it was at least half yeah. so how do we actually get some continuum around that so that we're building on ideas rather than you know, someone reinvents the wheel, as, as often happens in medical education. That's not just the trainee doctors doing that, to be fair, as well. So, yeah, the quality of the JMO presentations increase every year. And I think the challenge for groups like SA Met is how do we capture some of that stuff and replicate it and build on it as well. Yeah. Your third one understands around medical entrepreneurship, which is something I do with yeah. my advanced med coaching careers website, 
you videos, etc. But yeah. you, you, you thought there was a lot of that yeah, theme going it, for the conference. It wasn't like a, a named thing, but it was a theme that kind of manifested in a few different ways. And so there were things like Brooke Bullock, who is a pharmacist by training, does medical education, has built a side business with interview training. She's got a video you can check out. And Ash Coxon, GP from Townsville, who's built really now nationally known business on medical career yeah. planning, uh, counselling and training, that kind of thing. And a few other ideas there. So it's, it's kind of challenged me, and I think it's good also for the junior doctors who are here to hear that there are uh, pathways that you can create yourself mm. as well as the traditional pathways, and pathways that may be parallel to clinical medicine or maybe non-clinical in their way but can be very satisfying and ultimately meet needs in the Australian community or in the medical community broadly. So yeah, I like and, that. And maybe capped off on the first full day plenary with Amandeep Andra, who's the Absolutely. founder of Creative Careers in Medicine. Yeah, who's again another wizard medical entrepreneurship. It's interesting how you just certain little sliding door moments happen in your medical career yeah. where you get landed with something and it takes you off in a new direction. Yeah. I think that's going to happen to a lot of trainee doctors into the future. So More and more, I reckon. Yeah, you've given me an idea for a workshop next year. Okay. Yeah. Medical entrepreneurship. Yeah. We can do something around that. Yeah. And Prevop next year is in Darwin. Darwin, in November again. So, yeah, 11th to 13th, we'll put, I think. Yeah, we'll put the dates below, make sure we get that accurate. Yeah. So if you're a junior doctor or you're a bit more senior or someone who's involved in medical education, a great community to be a part of. Yeah. Um, and you'll come away with lots of ideas and contacts and networks that you didn't expect. So hopefully we'll see you in Darwin yeah. next year. If you are a trainee doctor, start mm. approaching your JMA unit, medical education unit, whatever is relevant in your hospital health service. Start pulling together projects so you can build a case for yourself to attend. Yeah. And we'd love to see you. See you then. Thanks for your time. Cheers. <laughs>